0: Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly. So if you want to learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode and we'll see you there.
1: Before Kevin Hart was big, Kevin used to do this room in New Jersey called Sweet Cheeks. (laughs) Yep. And yeah so Sweet cheeks. Sweet cheeks. He'll, he'll tell you about it <laughs> You know Kevin was just like The rest of us At this point but So he had a little night He said man Come to, um, come to Sweet Cheeks tonight Saturday night This shit didn't start Till one in the morning They would shut down A party The club Do a comedy show At one in the morning In front of every goon In the state of New Jersey Would be in there <laughs> Hosted <laughs> by Kevin Hart Hosted by Kevin Hart Hot <laughs> breath What's goody, Hot Breathiverse? Welcome
0: back to Hop Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and today's guest, ooh, 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 ooh. I made it, ooh, <laughs> one of my favorites in the game. This cat went from being security at Macy's ooh. to now being a writer and actor on Cedric the Entertainer's hit TV show, The Neighborhood, so yeah, I'm man. excited to get into all the in-betweens. Welcome to the show.
1: All the in-betweens. Sean Larkin. Bow. Yes, man. I finally made it, man. I be, made I've it. been, try- I've been trying to get on. Know. <laughs> Dude, it, it, timing's everything. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. So, Joel flew out to L.A. just to put me on on the podcast. And just I, I appreciate to do it. this. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. He's, He's like, leaving, flying out.
0: It's not tonight. I, but it says something that this is the first thing I did. I was at the airport. I came straight from the airport, airport right. to here. Yeah. For the fam, he's he smells like uh, jet fuel. <laughs> Cause this is this is this is the triple OG here.
1: <laughs> Damn, man,
0: dude. Oh, I, I got I was at a show in Atlanta recently, uh-huh. and one of the younger comics introduced me as an Atlanta comedy legend, and I was like, no,
1: <laughs> no, I'm
0: not. We, you probably are, man. But when you start getting those intros, you're like, man, I've been in this a oh, minute.
1: Bro, that, I I just had to accept that I'm OG. <laughs> I hate it, <laughs> but I have, okay, that's, I'm an OG, all right. Well, it is what it is. Well, I mean,
0: 25 plus years in the game, right? And I'm OG. So yeah. yeah. So it all, Frozen Palace, now we here. Ooh, <laughs> Frozen <laughs> Palace, you done took me back, man. <laughs> was that the first show you
1: ever hosted? Like you did yourself? Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Frozen Palace. Yeah, we did the Frozen Palace, and I did that room for eight years on Old National. It was every Thursday. We didn't start till eleven thirty at night, and yeah, they used to sell crack on the patio. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was crazy, man. So yeah, it would go down in the frozen patio. Cars are getting broken, people get robbed in the back, man. Uh who got robbed? Uh, uh, the keys got robbed. Oh yeah. My gosh. A lot of people got yeah, a lot of people got caught up on the frozen palace. But everybody came through there, man. Eight years? Eight, yeah, I did the frozen palace for eight years until somebody it wasn't even my night, but they you know, it was a club. So somebody got shot and killed on a Saturday, so the club just kind of faded out after that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Murders tends to uh bring things down. I did you ever do Jay Paul's? I did
0: Jay Paul's. Jay Paul's, and then they closed it because there was a shooting. Yeah. And they reopened it as level two.
1: That's what they do. And then there was another shooting, and they went back to Jay, <laughs> Jay Paul's,
0: Paul's. Like, we've, I mean, the comics kept showing up. Yeah. But I don't know how they kept that in business. Man. Nothing legal.
1: Nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, I did the Frozen Palace To that got shut down. Then a few years later, before I moved here, I did uh, BQE. Yes. In Midtown. I did yeah, that yeah. for four years. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But that, that one it wasn't as fun as the Frozen Palace. I was actually kind of glad I, that one was over. Why? Just just it was the crowd was just too bougie. They were coming. It was a little paycheck, but they was like they really wouldn't give it up. So I was like, I'm tired of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. how it is when you want that crowd to give it up. They just wouldn't give it up. They never give it up. It was a lot going on in there. So <laughs> and it was like a weird. It was like it it was a was hallway. L- it was like an L shape. It was an L shape. Right. It's a little weird. Exactly.
0: What was Frozen Palace?
1: Frozen. Did you ever do the Frozen? Did you? Ever come? No, you never came to the frozen.
0: I don't know if I was, was in. You starting
1: then? Maybe you hadn't started. I by started
0: then. in 2010. Well,
1: that's yeah. That was around the end of the Frozen Palace. So you? I
0: must have just missed yeah, that. Way missed it.
1: Uh, it was on. Um, it, it was a club, and because it was a front patio, then you come in, and we did comedy on the dance floor, and then oh people like all around, and gosh. then and there was a bar. But you know, <laughs> bar comedy—that's what I call it. <laughs> But yeah, but we, you know we started out was at the five five nine. I know you heard of the five. Bruce, five, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. You would you would do five five nine and earthquakes at uptown. Yep. Right? You would do up, I would oh. I would bomb it uptown first, <laughs> <laughs> and quake quake would give you the business. You did not want to bomb in front of quake. Quake would just he's like, hey, I know you got in free, but you gonna have to give somebody five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why, but we leave there, go to five five nine, and get more abuse. <laughs> So go to 559. Bruce Bruce will host and it. It would be every dope boy and stripper in Fulton County in there every Tuesday, bank head bouncing and. It was it was the most intimidating thing, and Bruce would give us like twenty five dollars. and We'd be so happy to get that little twenty five. Oh, A yeah. come up there, man. And uh, it it was it was the that was that was what I call gladiator comedy. That's why every that's why I think Atlanta comedians are some of the best comedians in the country because that's the shit we came from. Facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Sunday nights at Uptown by five five nine. It was all it was all you know. You've done it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: White boy Joe, white boy Joe. <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing, Joe, like Joe, you got white comedians that they don't they don't look like white comedians. You look white, <laughs> but you stay in the most ghetto <laughs> fucking room. I don't know. why. You be in the most hood shit all the time. White people don't mess with me, man. <laughs> they don't. I'm telling you, they're racist. I'm telling you, man. White and people Joel, have never. Joe Joe is with me. one of the, like we have roast this dude here. Will tear your ass up. He'd be so calm, and he'd be like, "I'm gonna kill this white boy." Nah, Joe gonna be on your ass. <laughs> I hung up. I hung up the roasting. No roasting.
0: I mean, I kind of. Oh, the roast itself. Like, well, I kind of went. I went through a big phase of roasting, and then mm-hmm. I like, I got all the way to like, I taped Comedy Central's roast battle. Oh, you did. Uh, I went up against Dulce Sloan, actually. Wow. And then they didn't air it. And then, like, we got cut out. And then I was like, I mean, I did roasting. Like, I'll do it if it's like K Dub was talking about doing his this year, but like, oh, I yeah. don't really should, seek it out anymore. You should do that, man yeah I'll, you, I'll, and,
1: you and k that would be that would be classic i want to see that
0: I'll, I'll do it i'll do that one but it's like i don't really do them as much anymore just because it was kind of like i kind of did it and i was like all right i kind of want to move yeah, on
1: that's true okay i feel you but i mean you know they if, do them out here it's pretty it's pretty big out here they do them at the, uh, at the comedy store out here that's yeah i mean that's how the comedy central show came to be oh, okay. it's like
0: it started at the comedy store. And then it just got so big that they like franchised it into a TV show, and it's now like overseas. No shit. Like, oh, they they blew it all the way out. I don't even.
1: I guess I have to get into it. I haven't really got into it like that.
0: Yeah, they, it's like a whole it's like a whole movement they've done. Okay. So, so like Jeffrey Ross got behind it and really. Oh yeah, he's well, a Jeff savvy cat. Is, he's a monster.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get in the ring with Jeff Ross.
0: Have you? What I gotta know? Like, okay. you talk about all these bombs, but like, what was your worst? What's like one that you just never forget that? bombing
1: yeah uh well 559 it was every other week and i i i i got booed for like three years in that place (laughs) and again i don't know why we kept coming back you went every week every other week and you would get booed like most of the time most of the time yeah until the last to like that third year that second and that's when i started getting good in there and that's when the place burned down so oh (laughs) no (laughs) but yeah man i was getting my ass torched um Another another night I, I, I'll never forget. <laughs> I kind of was, was early in my career. Me and Lavla did a military base in South Carolina. I forget. I think it's Fort Jackson or something. I get on stage. I ain't been on stage two minutes. I barely said my name, and somebody hit me in the face with a chicken wing. Oh yeah, just what? and I'm like, I didn't even say shit. <laughs> I was a man, and nobody would say who did it. I don't, I'm not looking this way, and it just got hit with chicken wing, and nobody said who did it. So I, I never forget that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> How was much sparkly. time do you have to do? Uh, I was done after that. I you did two minutes? I did about five minutes, and I was done. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not telling jokes with uh, barbecue sauce on my face. I ain't did you still that. get paid? Yeah, I still got paid. Oh, that's good looking. I think. Thing. That was a long time ago, Joe. That may have been one you did for the culture there. Yeah, I did it for the culture, Like, I'll bro. do it for the troops, I you took know? A, I took an L. I took an L to the face. I didn't get slapped, but I got hit in the face with a chicken wing.
0: Pretty much most of the Atlanta comics I've had on here, when I asked about their booze story, a lot of them happened at that uptown with Earthquake hosting, like... Lavar Lavar Walker's boo story from there is hilarious, <laughs> but so many comics have booze stories from that yeah. that era in comedy.
1: Oh yeah, it was just it was just rough, man. I I I remember one of the one of the roughest nights I've ever done was actually be, before Kevin Hart was big. Kevin used to do this room in New Jersey called Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> yep. And yeah. So Sweet Cheeks. Sweet Cheeks. He'll he'll tell you about it. <laughs> so Kevin used to do this room in New Jersey uh, on in, in Atlantic City uh-huh. called Sweet Cheeks. So I'm in Philly. I'm doing um I'm doing the laugh house. That was I would do the laugh house all the time. I kinda started that in there too. Because my grandmother lived in Delaware, so I would go visit my grandmother, then I'd go to the laugh house every time I was there. And um, you know, Kevin was just like the rest of us at this point. But so he had a little night. He said, Man, come to um come to Sweet Cheeks tonight. Saturday night, this shit didn't start till 1 in the morning. They would shut down a party, the club, do a comedy show at 1 in the morning in front of every goon in the state of New Jersey would be in there. Hosted <laughs> by Kevin Hart. Hosted by Kevin Hart. <laughs> Never forget that shit. And it was, it was just one little table of girls that was listening. I just talked to them for 15 minutes. Got my little two three hundred dollars and got the hell out of there. Nobody but booed or anything. Nobody booed. They wasn't really not looking at me at all. They was they're just not even paying me no fucking <laughs> attention whatsoever. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, I'll never forget that night.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I think the the side of comedy that most comics don't see or understand until they get into it and they're mm-hmm. like, oh wait, you mean I'm not just popping off the rip? <laughs> Which some people do. Some people do. But like the reality
1: of developing as a comedian is a lot of failure and a lot of bombing. Exactly. That's that's why when I see, when you see these these internet comedians and, and they and they automatically thrown on these huge shows and they're not doing good because you ain't been through the fire. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, got yeah. to go through the fire. You gotta go through that shit in order to get to the to another level. You know, you getting paid Five ten grand, and then I've heard, I've heard of these comedians. They're not gonna name their names, but they can't even do ten minutes and like go out there and and get them. Like no, let them stay out there. <laughs> make them stay out there. They getting money. Make their ass stay out there. That happened when um I did uh,
0: Doodoo Brown's room. Oh god, in Columbus. Yes, you do that one once and
1: never again. Me too.
0: <laughs> and I rode down with him in his limo. He has that Cadillac limo. You
1: mean the Hearst? It was yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like a 1980 something like Cadillac. Yes.
1: <laughs> the doodoo mobile.
0: But you're supposed to do 15 minutes. Right. You have to do 15 minutes to get paid. And about halfway through the set, I was doing, I was like surviving. Mm-hmm. And then, and by the way, the comedy show was, it's an opening for a twerk contest. Oh, so just to add Christ. context for where this was going. Yes. And then there was this lady, and there were people sitting on stage, just to let you know, this whole setting. <laughs> And this one lady was yelling rabbit at me.
1: What the hell did that mean? Rabbit
0: like uh, Eminem and 8 Mile. Yeah. He was oh, known as Rabbit. You're... She kept just yelling it, but she was doing it. She was so close to me that like no one could really hear her, but I could hear her. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just go, listen. And I like I got white man got angry. Okay. But no one knew why. So it just sounded like I just randomly yelled at this woman. And then from then on, it was just shut down. Downhill. Dead silence. No one booed. But, like, they just didn't give me anything for the second half so of the that set. Was,
1: that was, that's some, sometimes that's worse, and you don't get nothing. <laughs> sometimes I'd rather get booed. I got something, some ammo. But if you get nothing, like, you hit them with your hard shit, and you get nothing, like, man, this is rough. I just counted down every minute. I
0: just took <laughs> out my phone, and I was like, all right, we have five Six more minutes. minutes, everyone. I just counted <laughs> down every
1: single minute. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So I, I, I got to the point where, when I got out here, I said, I'm not doing any more bar comedy. Mm-hmm. So, actually, when um, you know Kool Aid from yeah, Detroit. So, yeah, when yeah, Kool Aid yeah. passed, we had, uh, he used to do a, a bar in Detroit. And so, afterwards, all the comedians met up at this bar, and I was like, this is the last bar I'm doing. I'm not doing it no more. I'm doing this one for Kool Aid, but it's not progressing my career anymore. Um, so, I kind of cut that out. Sometimes I'll come to Atlanta, I might hit something, but for the most part, I just don't do bar comedy anymore. Yeah. When, when
0: do you think is the point? Because I, Pre-pandemic, I was on the road a lot. I was, like, featuring and getting headlining work coming up. And then now that I'm, like, getting back on stage, like, around Atlanta, like, some of these open mics, I'm kind of like, what am I? I mean, I'm doing four minutes at a bar with, like, only comics. It's like, what, am, like, is this helping at this point? I've been doing it 12 years. Like, what is a point to where you're, like, because you, I know you got to be on stage if to develop. You're doing but, it,
1: if you're doing it to develop a new bit or you want to try some new stuff out, I get it. Yeah. Cause you don't want to do that on your real show. You don't want to just people who pay and they want to see your show. So yeah, you can use it for that. Yeah. I got I got three new jokes I want to work out. See if they work out. So yeah, I would say that would be cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because mm-hmm. I was kind of getting in my head, but then as a comedian, it's like you never want to forget where you came from and get too big. I do. Oh, you do. I don't
1: want to forget all that
0: shit. Well, that's (laughs) why you just up and moved to
1: L.A. off. No, I did not up. No, I did up and move. I I ain't going to lie, I did up and move. I mean, Sed's like, hey, you want to come right for my show? And you're like, say less. So, (laughs) I'll kind of tell you that story. So, uh, you know, I was on the road with Sed for about eight years. And uh, so, we were in Cleveland one night doing, the I think it was the improv in Cleveland, or the Funny Bone in Cleveland. So, afterwards, we go to this raggedy-ass strip club in Cleveland. (laughs) And said is drunk. I have never seen said he was fucked up. Said was so drunk. You know how people come up to you and they're kind of getting on your nerves. He was at other people's table. He was at their table so long. He was getting on their nerves. <laughs> like, is that the king? Is that the king? <laughs> like, they was like, all, all right, said uh, we trying to have a good time over here. He would not leave. He was he was lit. So anyway, he was like, look, man, I got this new show. Just got green lit. I would love to have you in the writer's room, but you know, cause you know, you know who I am. Uh, you know my voice. And I was like, great shit, I would I would love to do that. It was not even on the radar for me. He was like, but you don't live in LA. I was like, you know, if it's, if the situation's right, yeah, I, I can make that move. And um, so the next day I called him. I was like, you know, you was you was pretty drunk last night. I was gonna make sure you know what you said to me. He was like, you know, I was just for real. <clears throat> so a couple weeks later, um, Moya Malik, he's writing on the show. He's already got a job on the show. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, we already started. I'm like, well, damn. So I called, said, he was like, listen, man, they already hired all the writers. I can get you in the room. I can't guarantee you nothing. I was like, I'll see you Monday. (laughs) What? And at that point, at that very second, I had mentally checked out of Atlanta. Whoa. I was was like, I'm out of here. That was like uh, maybe Wednesday by... By I think I came out to LA that Monday. Yeah, I did come out to LA that Monday. That uh, Sunday, um, I packed up all my stuff. I was go- I was gone, so I didn't pack all my stuff. I still had my apartment in Atlanta, but I was there for like I got to the, I got there. He was like, "Listen, I don't run the room. We have a showrunner. He runs the room. I I run. I'm a executive producer, but I can't tell him how to run his his room. Yeah." But I can get you in here. So I'm in there. I don't know nobody but Malik and uh, Tracy, this other comedian. They're the only two that I know in the room. And these are real writers. Like these are Big real Bang writers. Theory. Like Let me tell you, yeah. These comedians, these people have written on everything from Ellen, Big Bang Theory. My showrunner, he was a writer on the Big Bang Theory for years. Uh, right. Saturday Night Live. Um, they wrote on uh, Jamie Foxx show. I mean, you name it. They've wrote on all these shows. So, I'm sitting here with some people. Like, I'm off the street, right? Not ever really written anything but except for myself to this. And um, the crazy thing, I wasn't even getting paid. I was there for six weeks. I didn't get a check. They, uh, <laughs> the only reason I was making money, I st- I had flight benefits. So I had I was flying back back east every weekend. Fulfilling the shows that I already had on my book, so that's how I was getting paid. So I was still paying for my apartment in Atlanta. Ah. I was sleeping on Malik's couch. My car was back in Atlanta. Dang. Yeah. Oh, you sleeping on a couch? I was sleeping on a couch for going back for and a forth. few. Going back and forth every weekend, Whew. doing my shows, or I was doing shows with Sid. <clears throat> then they was like, so they find out I was roomed. The, the, the CBS found out I was in there and I wasn't under contract or getting paid. They was like, listen, you got to get him out of there. He either you put him on contract or you get him out of there because if he falls and hurt himself like he can sue us for millions. And so there was like listen, we can't make you no real writer. I can give you this this amount of money which was nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was something and I was like or you got to go. And I was like, "Well, I mean, I'll take it." So I took that and so for that first season I, I wrote on the show and um it was uh, it was cool because Again, I was around that that environment and I that was worth more than the money that I was making. Just to to soak up that. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate thing for me was honestly, I wasn't ready because when I got out here, I had never had the Hollywood experience. So I was more I was probably more focused on I wanna do Hollywood shit than focusing on the job, like really buckling down and writing like I got the rest of my life to go to parties and, and stuff like that, but it was something coming up, I wanted to go. Oh, really? You know oh, saying? so you didn't really take it that seriously. I probably did not. Oh I took it seriously when I was there, but if it was time to go, I wanna go. You know what I'm saying? Or I, I wanna to go to this event coming up, or I wanna to go to this event coming up. Uh-huh. You know, and you can go to so you can go to all this stuff, but you need to you know, I should have been soaking up the game more. So at the end of the first year, I actually got let go. Whew. So yeah, so the showrunner was like i'm gonna let you go you don't have enough experience and i was like fuck this is what i came out here for you've been doing comedy 25 years yeah
0: is it at this point was it 25 years like something like that yeah basically you've been doing stand-up 25 years you fly out to la on a prayer Mm -hmm. that oh this will work out you're
1: in a room uh, that's got to be so humbling dude yeah and then and then being in that room like especially somebody like me who never had writing experience if you was a known writer in LA you get more respect but I mean it was no 80%, 80 to 90% of everything I said was no like it's a you gotta have thick skin in these in these rooms mm-hmm. like no nah 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 even if the shit you wrote was funny like I knew funny I didn't know structure they knew structure I would write some funny shit and, and showrunner be like so why would you say that I'm like because it's funny but why would he say that so it's a lot of it's more than just being funny yeah you can't I can't he's not gonna risk the script for something funny I'm not gonna change the whole script because you this character says something funny. I'm not gonna change the character's uh, trajectory because it's a, a, a funny joke
0: mm-hmm.
1: so with writing in Hollywood it's more about depth and you have to learn that depth and then once you do finally get something in there, it's got to go through so many channels. Then the network's got to approve it. The writers got to approve the the actors. I mean, actors got to like it. Like, said has to have that punchline at the end of, end of each scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You got to know that. So the big name got to have that punchline. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't know, now I know that. You got to know when act breaks are. You got to know when uh what the cold open is. You got to know. Uh, uh, the um, the blow at every at, end of scene. So if you don't know that the kind blow. Of, the blow. Pause. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, so the blow is the is the, is the, is the ending joke of every scene. Okay, okay, okay. So any scene you're gonna have a, a joke that's called the blow. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So you didn't know that. No, see now see, you know, know. Now you know what the blow is. I mean, yeah, I would be all for
0: writing. Like I've I've heard that can be a good job and it can oh. pay well and oh, be pay well. a comfortable job
1: and you're kind of sitting around. I mean, it's work. It depends on who you work for. So the the first season, uh it was it was some long nights. There were a couple nights we were there at the two in the morning. Mm. Cause if we write something we think is good, and then the next day they start filming and Sid gets it, he hates it. Guess who gotta rewrite the whole thing? I mean we we had to basically re- and the showrunner we had would wanna start the whole thing over. Instead of just fixing what he said, he would that it was his thing we writing the whole thing over he was so stressed out (laughs) the showrunner the showrunner would be stressed (laughs) out and he created the show so the crazy thing is at the end of season three they fired him the showrunner the creator of the show got fired oh so it was it was it was a situation like uh uh gates and apple Uh uh-huh where he got fired from apple uh Oh, Jobs, Just D Jobs, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like that, like oh, yeah. So Yikes. he's gone, but really? he was still getting checks because he created the show. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was wild.
0: So what? Because you had written D Boys
1: too. I had written D Boys. I had D-boys. written D Boys. You uh, uh, yeah, your the series. That, but yeah, but you know that's not that's not nothing they're gonna respect in in Hollywood. I was just thinking of writing experience. Yeah, that was my writing experience. But um, the thing about most writers that are in the room with you. Um, So I think it's kind of two ways you can get in. Like myself and Malik, we kind of got in because we work with Sid, and he knows we're funny. He knows we know his voice, what he would say as a black person. But most of the writers in that room come up through school. They go to uh, USC film school for years, and then they sit in a room uh, as an understudy for three, four years without making no money. They work their way up from the bottom, but they know how to write a script. As for me, I don't even know how to write a script, like really write a script, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, but they might not know funny, they might not know black culture. So you got, and that's been the thing in Hollywood for years is even on a black show, you got 12 white men writing for a black show. Yeah, mm-hmm. And they don't know black culture. Or they don't know if it's a gay character on the show. They don't. They don't know how to write for a gay guy. They don't know how to write for a female. They don't know how to write for a, a Pakistani character because you got all white men in the room. Mm-hmm. So that's the diversity in Hollywood that's had to change. So when well actually when, when I got said put me in the room and the guy was like, well, Ted, you just can't bring your friends and off the streets. And he was like, well, that's what you do. <laughs> you bring. That's why. That's what. Because. <laughs> that's what Hollywood is it's 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 like NFL it's like NFL coaches. like I'm just gonna keep bringing my buddies in mm-hmm. so they'll bring their buddies in and it's not even just that like you'll go on these sets and like the grips the camera guys the set design everybody it's probably 95 percent white men mm. I mean you got you look at LA this is probably a 70% Hispanic and his Mexicans can build anything, but you don't see none of them, but you don't see not one of them on set because it's union jobs. So they're gonna keep bringing the guys in. White people, oh, yeah, white folks, not white devil.
0: <laughs> but that does seem to be like your network is your net worth, yeah. Like at the end of the day, I mean, I've been doing it 12 years, but I can see the
1: majority of my
0: opportunities have come from just people I've you known. You've known, that's
1: what this is about, yeah, yeah. And that's, the, I, I'm, I'm writing on a new show now. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, I just got hired to uh, write on a show. Uh, it's called Good Times. It's a reboot of Good Times. What? Yeah. Say what? Nah. No. <laughs> but it's an animated series. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm doing punch-up work on that, which is up my lane. So Yeah. I, they write the script. They send it to me. I go through. I I put in just tons of jokes. You did punch up for Miss Pat show too, right? I did some punch up for Miss Pat show. I also did. Uh, I did the cry Woman for the Miss Pat show. Uh huh. Yeah. oh well, that was fun.
0: And then you you are getting this job through a relationship. Which one? Like? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, The good times. The I, good times. I went yeah. a little All over the place. The good
1: times show. I got through a relationship because uh, a guy, Devine Shepherd, he wrote for. He wrote with me on the first season of oh. The Neighborhood. So oh, that's awesome. He and his wife, now they run like four different shows. So he knows what I can do. He knows how funny I am. So he sent me the script. He said, man, punch this up for me. So I punch it up. And I was like, so I want to get in on, on some other shows. He was like, well, my, my wife is running this show. She, uh, she saw what I did for him. He was, she was like, I want you on this show. Wow. So boom, now I'm on this show. And this, this can only lead to other stuff. So I really would like to do punch-up work. Mm-hmm. because it doesn't it doesn't take as much it's not going to pay as much as a straight up writer but i can kind of do it on my own time and do they send you a script do you get paid by the joke by the script so that's what i'm kind of working on so i was like how many days do you work uh-huh. which is weird like i don't it depends on how many days i take me it takes me to do it i mean if i buckle down i could do it in one day but you might take me a couple of days like this week they got me doing two scripts this week
0: Oh, and you just read through and look for moments you can add. Yeah, moments I 90.
1: can add. I'm, I might some add some structure if I say, "Oh, this this would be better right here." So, I, but I do know structure now. So, yeah. I do that as well. See, see, yeah. it all worked out. Yeah, man. Trial did, by fire, did. and then I mean, sometimes, man, you think you know the worst situations you have is like, I mean, when I got fired, I mean, I I was devastated. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was question. I'm like, man, I got to move back to Atlanta. Did you cry? I, did, I mean, I, you I can had I had that in, Indian tier. <laughs> 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 that's not PC anymore, bro. You can't be maybe had, you can I had the Native, Native American <laughs> I had that Native American tier, that one tier that's coming down the right cheek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so they hired me to do some other stuff on the show. They was like, Well, listen, you can just still do some stand in work. They were they were gonna hire me to do Crowd warm up, which would have been great, because they knew I did the Miss Pat show. And cry warm up, man. That's that's three to five thousand dollars for three hours of work. Oh, that's how much they're making. Oh yeah. Ooh, cry warm. Up. There's people. It's comedians out here to do cry warm up. They never go on the road. Yeah, and it's. I mean,
0: I've and I've been to a few live tapings, and some are just throwing candy. It's, some, it's, a lot of it's crowd work. It's, like, that's all it is.
1: It's just keeping them hype. So I I never done cry. I had never done it till uh. I, so I knew Miss Pat was doing her show. I, I kept Miss Pat I was like, let me do cry warm up for your show. She was like, all right, go. I'm gonna make it happen. And they had already another comedian, but she said, no, nah, I got this guy. And I, I had never done it, but I killed it. Wow. Yeah, so we did two tapings of her show, and it was great money, man. Yeah. Dang. But then the pandemic came, so there were no more crowds. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that comes back in, if I can get back in that. But, you know, that's, that's also a thing you don't want to get too into because that's all they ever see you as. Gotcha. Yeah, it's yeah. A crowd warmer.
0: But, yeah, I'm sure at and appreciates AT&T. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure bills. the Bills appreciate the bills, so, that you're yeah. known as a yeah. crowd warm-up comedian. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and also, so this year, was it this year? No, it was in December. So through a relationship with Tashina Arnold, who was also on the show, Pam from Martin. Mm-hmm. So we became really close, and she hosts the Soul Train Awards. So uh, her and her sister got me as a writer on the Soul Train Awards this past Soul Train Awards. Oh so that gosh. was good. And I wanna, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he will? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Take you to it. He'll get you through it. <laughs> yes. So yeah, man, that was a that was a blessing, and I'm working. I'm doing some future work with her as well. So
0: in in that low point though, because I think that's important for people to hear is like doing Conway 25 years. You're betting on yourself. You're moving out to L.A. You're doing this job, and it quote doesn't work out. Mm. And now you're like, where, where's your mindset at when you? get fired from this are you thinking about quitting or like how how so, low did it get
1: <laughs> that that day was that day was was rough and i said i'm gonna give myself 24 hours to pity myself uh whatever i feel i'm just gonna take it up for 24 hours tomorrow i'm just gonna get i'm gonna call whoever i need to call and make some connects and i'm getting back on the horse you know uh i mean if i have to move back to atlanta i gotta move back to atlanta you know mhm um but i didn't want to again cuz i was like mentally i was checked out of atlanta And i was like how many times can i ride up and down peachtree street you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like don't take me back to peter street please no <laughs> exactly. more 255 Two please five five. <laughs> um but I, I, I honestly i miss atlanta and i would like to my my goal is actually to, to be by coastal i look i would like to buy property in atlanta and and because it's still the industry is out there too it is but now that i'm in the industry it'd be cool to come back and work in the industry because i made more connections here in three years than i made my whole lifetime in atlanta i bet
0: you were one season that then got you like two different jobs two or three different jobs like just in one season as like a kind of partial writer right yep So where you started acting on the show though? I so did. You still. So
1: yeah. So the first season, I would uh, if said was out of town, I would they would have me read with him with the first team, so they knew how good I was, Mm-hmm. How good an actor. Because you know in Atlanta, I studied acting for ten years. Oh, and you did Black Top improv. I did too, improv right? for yeah, years, yeah, yeah. so I was really you know I studied. I most comedians. Don't study it. They just think, "Oh, I'm I'm funny." It's like, nah. And I would go in acting class. I wouldn't tell nobody I was a comedian because I wanted to learn from scratch. I didn't want anybody to think I was already knew what I was doing. I wanted to learn, so I learned acting. And most of the stuff I was doing was dramatic stuff. It wasn't mm. even comedic, comedic. So mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing as far as acting when I got out here. Um, so they saw that, and uh, the crazy thing so about the role I got, it was actually a uh, it was just an extra work. And it was like, you want to do this today? I was like, I don't know, because if the, again, if they see if you start doing extra work, eh, that's all they're gonna see you as is an extra. And so then, how do I move up? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> so the scene was uh, Max Greenfield was was uh, cutting my hair, was gonna mess my hair up, and said said just gave me a name, he said don't don't mess Randall's fade up, and <laughs> there it was born from there. So like a couple scripts later. They wrote me in as the mailman. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, good looking. Yeah, so a couple lines here, a couple lines there. And yeah, man. See, there's something to still being a good person
0: and like good to work with, even if they don't have you back, people you worked with remembered you and are like, oh, I'd like to yeah. work with them more. If, if you weren't good to work with, they probably wouldn't have written you in or anything. At, probably, or no one would have hired you as a writer
1: down the road. It, it, again, it depends. They're, I mean- this show that I'm on, with some great people on there. But there are a couple of assholes on there. Mm. And But it's not the typical... This is the only show I've ever worked on. I've heard some true horror stories about this business. Like, again, one of the guys that war, wrote on the show...
0: <laughs> one of the guys, you know. Well,
1: one of the guys that wrote on the show, and this is way... This was this was a couple years, maybe a year before the Ellen scandal. He was telling... He's like, Ellen is the worst. He's like, yeah. she is horrible. Wow. And I was like, Ellen? He's like, no, she was an asshole. Oh my to God. To all the writers, the employees, like, they, he was telling us, like, she was. And then, then a year later, it comes out that she was. <sighs> and this is before any of that. Before any of that. Yo. He's yeah. like, it was horrible working on that show. And there's some shows that are horrible to work on. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> but fortunately, this one is a family. It's not like, it's not crazy. It's not. It's not the typical Hollywood stories. It ain't ain't a bunch of crazy parties going on. You know, it's some good people, you know, go home, be with their family afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, like,
0: if if I wanted to possibly try my hand at, like, a writing gig, Mm -hmm. what would you, what would I need to do?
1: Well, again, besides me, who do you know in this business? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's people that call me hey, like, man, can you get me? I was like, I can't get you shit. I got a I got a toe in the door, so I'm just trying to get my arm in the door. I can't help you with that, right? Um, it's about for you. It'll be you can start from the bottom. I can go. To, you can go to film school. You can take master classes. Learn how to do it. See if you can get a, a intern job. Work your way up from the bottom. Or who do I know? You you done a let's say you you did the show with you've done a podcast with Jack Foxworthy. He's like, well, you're pretty good. I'm like, well, I'm a pretty good writer. He's got a new show coming up. Hey, Jeff, you think maybe I can um, maybe punch up some scripts for you? might work like that. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even yeah, I mean, I definitely. So, yeah, if it's like looking at your network and like, well, if you want to be a writer, who do you know that may be able to help connect the dots? Mm -hmm. If you don't start from the bottom, how can you use your network? Because, yeah, I know several people. Um, I could probably connect with. Mm-hmm. But it, it is like, but the motivation is like pretty much money, though. Like, I don't know if it's something that, like, I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to write on a TV show. No, I want to work. But- I want to. Get paid to but write friends Yeah friends that I know That are in writer's <laughs> rooms Are like Yeah it's it's a good job It's a good job it can it's like, take away From your stand up If you're not careful It can But it's a good job It's a great job I mean again it's, It Which shows now It's a fine motivator Though I guess
1: I know a guy Stability. That wrote He wrote on um, uh, Oh god What is it Last Man Standing
0: Oh the Tim Allen one Tim Allen show mm-hmm.
1: uh, He was like And we wrote Three f- Maybe four hours a day and we were done <laughs> Like, and, and you're talking about as a writer I mean you're probably getting A minimum of $3,500 a week A uh, good writer ten grand a week And then if your name is on that script I, I And my boss one time Put my name on the script That's $30,000 And then there's residuals every time it airs I mean I say this about Hollywood It costs a lot to live here But Hollywood writes some big ass checks Whoa And that's why that's why comedians out here don't even go nowhere Mm. or comedians in New York. They only do New York and they only do L.A. They don't they don't do the middle America. They don't care about that. Yeah. They're making money on both ends on the other side. So. But I will also say that's another thing about L.A. Like I was in the rooms and I was like most of these shows reason they're not as successful. Like I'll say what I'll tell you why Tyler Perry is so successful. And I'm not a huge Tyler Perry fan. Of him. I'm, I'm very. I'm a fan of the hustle, the creativity. Ugh. Hmm. But what he does that Hollywood doesn't do is write for middle America. Mm. He writes for middle-aged, older Black women in Arkansas, in Florida, in Alabama, in Kansas. Hollywood don't. They don't write for them.
0: Yeah, like Country Wayne. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. And so that's that's an audience that he's got. The market. They they're not leaving. Yeah, that's that is a good point. I mean, you have shows out mm-hmm. here, and they they got shows about acting in Hollywood. Like who who in in fucking Little Rock knows about acting? Mm-hmm. You know, in Hollywood. Like, but if you write something like Tyler Perry did, that's 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 a fan you're gonna get. You know what I'm saying? And you can then go perform for exactly. Yeah. Like you can then go. Then you perform come to that final show, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause the that's the thing the stand up is like it's there's there's not a lot of money and then there's like a lot no of money there's no middle like there's, there's no, no middle class middle class, ground, middle class <laughs> in
1: comedy bro no middle class in this game <laughs> and yeah. I'm still I'm still I'm still in the projects as far as uh, stand up goes but it's all good but well, you going home to Detroit and you're headlining on, punchline I'm, I'm this headlining weekend line, yeah yes come I'm, on man I appreciate come on man it. come on man come on bro why don't
0: you do it you Audi howdy Audi, <laughs> Audi. Well, as we uh, we can start to land this plane here. Okay, yeah, because my uh, lunch is almost ready. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I smell and, and, it. And, and,
1: and, my, and my girl Cordy was going to make you a uh, a tuna fish sandwich, but Joel doesn't eat black tuna fish. You didn't tell me it was going to be a black <laughs> tuna fish. I thought it was just your regular
0: white Would you, tuna fish. What do you
1: think? What do you think? is like, what, are you putting hot sauce on that, babe? Like... <laughs> little some cheese? It's a tuna melt. Oh, tuna
0: melt. Yeah. See, yeah you yeah, could you you have had a tuna melt, bro. You didn't tell me that it was a tuna with a high fade. You <laughs> didn't tell me it had tuna little beijing a little on the beijing side. A little beijing on the seasoning, side. Seasoning <laughs> a little Beijing seasoning there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um as, uh, as we get out of here, and I'm so glad. I think this was perfect timing that we did no, this. No, it was great. Because it, it, it was never anything personal. I've been a no, fan of No, no, man, I didn't. I'm just messing with you, But you Joe. never know with comedians. Sometimes comedians can they get, get dictates, sensitive. They do get sensitive. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, I mean <laughs> like,
1: so I would mess with, every time I would see Joe, I'd be like, uh, damn, when can I get an interview on the hot bread? Yep. Like, <laughs> he probably thought I was like really <laughs> fucking with him. But I was not. Nah, it was cool, Joe. I knew we was going to make it happen. I,
0: I mean, I've, I've been a... Huge fan of yours for years. And there was one time at Apache, I'll never forget it, like set the bar for comedy for me. It was like Vanessa was headlining and she went to the wrong venue. So you had to keep stretching. <laughs> I went up into like a guest spot. Yeah. And then you had to headline Like, as a host, and you murdered for, like, over an hour. And I was just watching. Like, that's what comedians can do? Right. Like, no, you weren't even, like, no fluff. You were, like, just hitting them with material for, like, an hour as a host. And then you would stop be like, is she here yet? How long? And then (laughs) you go back to just murdering. And I was just like, okay, so that's where the bar is on just killing. Yeah, man. With, like, not holding anything back. So, yeah. I appreciate that, brother. You know, some people new to this. I grew to this. Ah! You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But uh, do you have any final, like, closing advice for up and coming comedians that maybe? Uh, I would
1: say uh, get your followers up. That's 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 what comedy has come to. Mm -hmm. That is it. I mean, uh, we myself and a lot of older comedians. I I might. I don't. I don't do it personally. But you hear a lot of older comedians bitching and complaining about, "Oh man, these internet comedians—they taking." This and it ain't like the old days. So let me tell you something. This, the flip phone ain't ever coming back. <laughs> it's over. So if you don't get you if you don't get onto this new thing, you're gonna die like the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So you can sit and complain about it, but it ain't coming back. So adjust to whatever's new. And unfortunately for myself, I didn't come up with a laptop on, on my lap. You know, so I gotta find other niches. For me, it's Hollywood, is you know, is writing and things like that. I don't, I don't care to be famous. I just want to be successful. So that's my thing. Boom! Awesome.
0: Yeah, well, man.
1: where can uh, if people heard
0: this and felt inspired and wanted to reach out? What's the best way to do it?
1: What well, the gram? You can always hit me on the gram. Is Sean S E A N underscore Larkins S E A N underscore Larkins. So yeah, hit me up on the gram, man. Again. I got to get on TikTok. Uh, it's the same. One too. <laughs> you don't have to. You, you don't know. have to, but I need to. So I'm going a, I'm to a figure my little niche out on there and maybe start getting on there. Maybe do something on there. So we'll figure it out. But Instagram straight. Flexing. Instagram. All right. Flex on the ground, baby.
0: Sean Larkins. We did it, my friend. And, Thanks for being on Hot Breath. Man,
1: I had a blast, brother. Woo. <laughs> All
0: right. Could you could you look in the camera, say your name and why people should listen to Hot Breath?
1: Well, this is Sean Larkins. And you've got to listen to the hot breath because it's the number one sh- underground podcast in in America and in Ukraine. I don't know why <laughs> in Ukraine, but it, even even though they're going through what they're going through, they still even in bomb shelters, they're listening to the hot breath. It's podcast. an escape. It's yeah. an escape for, mm-hmm. from everyday torture that's going on. So, yeah, don't miss it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sean Thank you, my He's, friend.
0: My guy. Boom. <laughs> Woo.
1: There you have it. Hot Breath of Verse. This episode
0: is one of over 400 comedy interviews we have on this podcast. So go check out our catalog. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're doing three live streams a week. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. <sighs>